Welcome to Fucking Cancelled, a podcast about what the left is like, what to do about it, and what it'll be like once we've done it. In today's episode, we'll be talking about all things cancel culture. You're getting cancelled, we're getting cancelled, everybody's getting cancelled. Joining us today is Tara McGowan-Ross, writer, multidisciplinary artist, and all-around badass. We'd like to dedicate this episode to the memory of our friend and comrade, Ben Prenti. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Toute la journée, man, it goes. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Toute la journée, man, it goes. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Toute la journée, man, it goes. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Toute la journée, man, it goes. Yeah, I'm here. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here too. Thank you for having me. So we're really excited to have Tara here. Tara is one of our really good friends. And now a friend of the pod. And now a friend of the pod. <laughs> yeah, friend of the pod. I finally get to be the friend of the pod. I'm so excited. Yeah. I've never been a friend of anyone's pod before. No, so it's pretty cool. I'm going to have to like start a pod in order to make you a friend of my pod. Oh my God, you really should. Yeah. <laughs> um, you want to tell us a little bit about yourselves? For sure, yeah. Um, my name's Tara. Um, I'm a writer. I'm mostly a poet. I've written two books. Um, my first book was called Girth, um, which was a narrative in verse about, um, disordered eating and politics and the 2015 student uprising in Quebec. So the one that didn't go very well. Not the cool one. Uh, not the cool one. Um, and I also wrote another one called Scorpion Season, which is about addiction and totalitarianism, which is also a narrative in verse. It's also kind of about astrology. It started off as a joke. Turns out not very much a joke by the end of it. Um, and I've got a book of essays called Nothing Will Be Different, which is about ethics and mortality coming out with, um, uh, with coming out with Dundurn Press um, in the next little bit. I should probably know exactly when my book's coming out. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, does anyone know when the yeah, books are coming exactly, out? Really, yeah. Um, I'm also an editor with Insomniac Press. Um, and uh, what else do I do? I run the Indigenous Literatures Book Club uh, for Drawing Quarterly. Um, and uh, yeah, I, and, I, I, and I also, uh, I'm a critic of experimental and independent theater uh, in Quebec, um, mostly in Montreal. So yeah, just generally, and just, you know, also just like a general bohemian <laughs> well and uh, asshole about town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tara's an amazing fucking poet. Yeah, an um, incredible poet. Highly, highly recommend Tara's work. Honestly, I'm a bit, like, snobby about poetry, slash I just, like, don't super care about it because most hard. of it sucks. But, like, when I saw Tara, the last time I saw Tara reading poetry, I cried. Yeah, I also cried. At the tree planting thing. That's extremely sweet. Yeah. That's very nice. I'm just going to, like, gently correct Jay on the pronunciation <laughs> of my name and tell a funny Tara. joke. It's My name is Tara. It's like Tara, but it's more pretentious. Did so I say you, Tara? Like, you did, did say it. Tara. Fuck. <laughs> it's Tara. Tarbar. Yeah. Not Tara Bear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not Tara Bobera. It's Tara Bobera. It's like right. standing tall in your mouth. All right. Fine. I stand corrected. I'm sorry. I actually do constantly just switch back and forth and how I pronounce your name, which is bad. It's like, it's a, it's just a, a vowel pronunciation. So it's sometimes hard to pay attention to it because it's like the pronunciation of the name is so different depending on where in the world you're from. And it's a very common name. <sighs> yeah. We, we are not going to cancel you, Jay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you actually have to leave. Sorry. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, yeah. So today we're, uh, this is the first episode of Cancel Club. 
yeah. which is where we have our cancelled friends on to talk about being cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, what it's like to cancel other people, what it's like when your friends get cancelled, um, how to cope with being cancelled yourself, and all that good shit. Mm-hmm. All um, that good shit. Yeah. I don't know. Um, have you ever uh, been cancelled? Well, yeah, I would say that I've been... Um, I want to kind of uh, distance myself from extremely large scale cancellations just mostly just because I think that I think it would be um I don't think it would be like correct or like or like truthful of myself I I feel like I have experienced cancellations that have definitely like impacted my life in a material way um very short term um and, uh, and like really, really impacted my relationships in like a major, major, major way that have been like extreme in a way that have been like really heartbreaking and like really terrible in that way. Um, but I think that there are like, I think that there are people who've had cancellations out in the, on the, in the planet who, that have like their, the material reality of their world has been just completely rocked so thoroughly by it that I feel it would be like, like just not entirely truthful of me to like completely align myself entirely with like that experience. So I like, I feel like I've been like, I've had, I've experienced many soft cancellations, you know? And I think that I also like, I'm, I'm sort of marked by these many soft cancellations as like a not entirely pure person, you know? So like, um, if I was going to like (laughs) the point that like, like whenever I move in the world, I know I have to move with care and I have to like, be careful about like, like what I say and what circumstances I feel because like, um, because I know that like literally just by nature of like me being the kind of person that I just like, just am and like want to be and feel very like grounded in my integrity and being, um, I could like piss a lot of people off. Um, so like, uh, yeah. And like, you know, I'm, I make posts on the interwebs and six people write me concerned messages, you know, like, like I'm like in that kind of sphere of like, like, yeah. So like multiple soft cancellations without necessarily like, I've never really lost my job. I have like removed myself from jobs where I, in a way that I felt was really like, um, akin to kind of like a constructive dismissal sort of situation where I'm just like, I, I enter into work situations and feel like because of cancel culture adjacent stuff, I'm like, I can't keep working here in, in like a way that is like in line with my integrity at all. So mm. I must leave. Yeah. Um, which I know is like not actually exactly the same as like being fired, but I feel like there's like some stuff in common. Um, Definitely. yeah. And like, we can't throw like the entire concept in the track, like, you know, there's like, I think about it a lot, like it's a constructive dismissal, but, um, uh, but yeah, so like there's, yeah, I feel like multiple soft cancellations and I am like a recovered canceller myself Mm. or a recovering canceller. (laughs) I'm a canceller in recovery. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because I think like, um, like cancel culture affects people whether or not they've actually been canceled Mm. so it's like we like there's people who have been canceled really severely there's people who have been canceled like minorly but also just like living in like a culture that like even like really minor call outs like on like a social media post or something where people are just like gently reminding you or like it creates this like kind of like general diffuse kind of fear and like surveillance um like self-surveillance and surveillance of others that I think um so it's just interesting like I was interviewed on a podcast recently and I actually said the phrase 
cancel culture is an umbrella term. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like I'm just like, yeah, like it is. There's a bunch of different behaviors that, that fall under it. it. Yeah. Whether it's like a really full blown, like intense cancellation for people who are like kind of more famous or have a bigger following, um, or who are like really brutally canceled within their community. Or like soft cancellations, or just like the you know, the threat of cancellation too mm-hmm. is like still an experience of cancel culture. Yeah. So I just I thought that was interesting that mm-hmm. came up when yeah. you were talking about that. Totally. And I think that like I've experienced like cancellation of like and cancel culture affecting my life in the ways that you just mentioned, where it's like I'm I just objectively don't have a big enough like platform for like cancel culture to affect my life in a like huge material way. I only kind of just started writing full time. Um and, uh, and I've always had a bajillion other like part-time Joe jobs to pay the bills. Um, like usually in like industries that are like very unlikely to be touched by like my cancellation, like by any potential like cancellation related things. Um, but definitely like my decision to only just start writing full-time was heavily like, like affected by this like constant fear of like, if people pay attention to me and I like am like living my truth in any way I know that like the hordes will eventually come for me and like I also know that I'm like a a sensitive person and like care about what people think about me so like what will I do and like I only have just felt ready for like the potential of that ever actually happening like like this year basically um and in like ways that I think have been like influenced by like my sobriety and like actually I think having like friendships that I think are based on anything but like very vague um like having very vague like identity categories in common or whatever you know um and uh and then and still like you know like so much of my life I've like um as an adult I have like couched and been careful and like um and like tamped down things that I think and feel um for fear of reprisal so yeah yeah what does it feel like when when people are canceling you I think it feels um, it feels like I'm in a horror movie. This is like a thing that I'm, it feels like, um, or like more specifically, I think that like, um, it feels like I'm in that Eugene Ionesco play, um, where like everyone's turning into a, rhino- a rhinoceros and he's the only one. Oh, you told like, me about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I, and I think that like, okay, so like obviously the Ionesco play is like very specifically a critique of like fascism and the rise of fascism and like, um, one of the main tenets I think of cancel culture that I don't want to like participate in too strongly is like confusing unlike kinds like yeah. like confusing two things that are like have some parallel things in common but are obviously not exactly the same thing and like deciding that they're exactly the same thing um can you so, give an example of that so like when okay so like um uh okay so someone does something that is um like culturally appropriative and then just like basically just talking about them as though they like literally you know like burned a village to the ground you know like and like and it's like like I understand kind of the like philosophical point being made there like in that it's like sure it's like I think I can see the argument that it's like it's like a part of this slow slog of like an ongoing genocide like and as like an indigenous person myself I completely am like sympathetic to that as like something but like I think that like doing something well-meaning and ignorant and like or even just like kind of dorky is like obviously not the exact same as like you know like 
actively engaging in like yeah. racist colonial violence. And mm -hmm. I think that we make a, we do like a huge disservice to like decolonial efforts when we confuse those two things. We've been calling that the, uh, the iceberg principle. Mm -hmm. It's like that, that social justice meme with like the iceberg, mm -hmm. you know? And then like at the very top, it's like, um, the part that's like out of the water is sort of like microaggressions and like, um, or no, sorry. The part that's out of the water is like overt racism, like uh, mm -hmm. really intense shit. Right. And then everything under the water is like, way more subtle forms of like racism or, mm -hmm. or, or whatever. And the idea is that sort of like everything on the iceberg is actually all white supremacy, right? Mm -hmm. So therefore it's all kind of equivalent. Right. And it's this like equivocation that happens. Yeah. Um, that is, uh, yeah, anyways, yeah. No, yeah. And I think that I like to get back to like feelings. Yeah. Um, and the rhinoceroses. And the rhinoceroses. And the rhinoceroses. Like, I think that it's like, um, I think that I had a huge breakthrough at cancel culture in general um, around somewhere around like, you know, like year three of consistently going to therapy all the time. And like, I've, I've been in and out of therapy since I was like, probably like 12 or 13, but um, have like really like dug my claws back in, in the last few years. Cause I was like, I'm totally crazy and not getting any better and like need help. Um, and, uh, and like one of the main things I've been working on is like identifying when like, I'm responding to something that's here now, but with, with the force of something that happened a long time ago, you know, right, like, right. because I like, I didn't get a chance to respond appropriately at that point. And like, I've never had a chance to respond appropriately. So like, I think that like, like my interpretation of a lot of like, say like, you know, I, like someone is, I'll use an example from my own culture. I see somebody burning sweet grass who has no idea what sweet grass actually means. And like, is just doing it for an aesthetic or whatever, or like, or just really likes it, but they don't know what they're actually like participating in. Um, they have good intentions, like, and they like, and they they are really like genuinely trying to like partake in a medicine that's like, in my in my like experience, extremely helpful for people. But like, um, but they don't know what they're doing, and they maybe even like position themselves as like an authority and like someone who has knowledge about this thing when they obviously don't. And like, I respond to that with all of the weight of like my like my extreme trauma about like racism and like colonialism and like white supremacy or whatever onto like that person as though they're responsible for like all of it right. when they're like I like and I, I like part of healing my brain for me has been like I can still have like an appropriate amount of like disappointment or like whatever my like emotional response is for right. this person um without like like um, allowing myself to like, um, I think quite selfishly, like indulge in this like moment of like, now I finally get to like have a response, you know, to, to like all of these other things to this person who's accessible, you know, like the, like the, and who isn't responsible for things that happened in your house. Exactly. And like the, you know, the colonial hordes who like settled North America are like long since dead, you know, like they're, they're, they're like, principles and ideals are still around, but they're gone. Like I, I can't access them. Like I can't like get mad at them, but I can access this person. And I think that like, I also think that that's a big part of cancel culture a lot of the time. Like I can't like, I like this, this sense of like inertia and like extremely like, just like the word I'm looking for is like, like just like impotence basically. Like I can't do anything about, I, I'm worried that I can't do anything about the problem. So I'm going to take all of my rage about the problem and attack this person who has some things in common with the problem or like, like even just extremely superficially. 
Um, okay, so there's rhinos. So there's rhinos. Anyway, so like, and I feel like when I'm getting canceled, I know that all that's happening. Like, I'm just like, you're projecting things onto me. Like, right. this is like, this is a projection. You're actually angry about something else. And like, um, and like, uh, even if I did make a mistake, this is a, this is clearly a like psychologically sick response. Like you're like, you're not well right now. And like responding to me with all of this extreme unwellness and I'm, I'm sorry for the fact that that's happening to you. Um, but also <laughs> fuck off, you know, like, and like, and I'm on, I'm simultaneously <laughs> trying to be like, is anyone else seeing how completely insane this is yeah. and feeling like nobody else is, or like, I will occasionally just like, you know, like I'm just touching Jay's arm and like making eye contact with them. You can't see this is a podcast, <laughs> but like, and like, and someone will occasionally like, you know, like my most recent like sort of cancellation by proxy was like, I would have this moment with this other person who was like close to me in my community. We just like, I remember the moment when like I finally made contact with them and they were just kind of like, I was like, they were waking up from something and they were like, oh my God, it is crazy. Um, and like, you know, and they were both like, ah, and like, feel like you're in a, like, like, yeah, like just everyone around you is turning into rhinos and you don't like, and nobody's noticing. And it's like, am I going to be the only person left who's not a rhino? What am I going to do? Um, or like, also like I'm in, like I'm in some sort of haunted house and like, like, uh, that's, that's, you know, like haunted or something. Like that's the other metaphor I cling to where I'm like, I'm in a horror movie. It's interesting um, that you say that because, you know, gaslighting is like one of these words that is thrown around all the time in cancel culture. Everybody is gaslighting everybody. And it's like, everyone's always saying that, but I'm like, in terms of what the word gaslighting actually means, um, like I've never felt so much an experience of gaslighting as with cancel culture, because it's like, people are acting in ways that are like pretty objectively disproportionate. Like you described, like very disproportionate to what actually happened. People are often acting in ways that are like totally like disrespectful of other people's boundaries that are just like wildly inappropriate in a lot of ways. Um, but if you comment on that in any way, like you're you're treated as if you're being like either crazy or bad for mentioning that this is like inappropriate. Like everyone's acting like it is appropriate, you know? Yeah. Um yeah. it's super crazy making. It's extremely crazy making. The other like um like gaslighty tendency that like I really I know people throw the word people throw the word gaslighting around all the time too, in a way that like I think also like frustrates me. But like, um, and I'm not a psychologist. I have like no like actual formal psychological training, except that I've just had a lot of therapy. Like that's the only, and I am a complete nutcase who like intellectualizes my insanity to make myself feel better. Works great. But um I but like like this other tenant of just like, yeah, you literally like you ask a question or you you challenge an accusation and you are just suddenly treated like a complete nutcase for even making that like accusation or whatever. Or someone tries to pick apart your accusation or question or whatever instead of just like taking it at face value. I don't know if that's making any sense, but like um, and I'm like, that feels like much more in line with the like with the like definition of gaslighting as I understand it, you know, like in in psychological practice. But like, I also don't know anything. Whatever, I'm just some guy. I mean, you're not just some guy. <laughs> you're, you're like a pretty smart guy <laughs> with like a philosophy degree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the feeling is like, and I think also like another thing that's important about the feeling is that it feels like it's happening everywhere. 
Um, it's not. And that's like something that's been important for me to ground myself in. It's mostly happening on my phone and like on my computer. And like, um, I have to be able to like get away from that. But like, um, like the most recent like round of like really feeling like I was, um, like everyone was turning into a rhinoceros happened like during, like during the COVID lockdown where like, I couldn't see anybody really. And like, um, I like, uh, and I was, I, I was really using my phone and my computer a lot to like connect with people as like an, as like an alternative for like in-person interactions. So it really did feel like it was happening everywhere. Um, and it was like, it was bleeding into my, my like professional life and it was bleeding into my like personal life. And it was like happening from all sides, even just logging off didn't necessarily help because I was still getting texts about it. You know, like I had to like shut everything down. Yeah. Um, and like walk away and live like a, live like someone who did not use technology for a bunch of months, which had like serious impacts on like my, like everyone has a phone and a computer now for the most part, you know, like that's a huge generalization but it's like most people Pretty who are much, like, like who are like yeah like work like working adults who are like you know like working and have a job like have those two things and I felt like I couldn't use them um especially during COVID like yeah when what the fuck else you and I yeah. worked full-time on like more than full-time on my phone and my computer and yeah. like I, I like they were like not safe places um and uh so yeah, it really just does feel like it's happening all around you. And um, yeah, so like, I, which is why I feel like the like, there's this, there's this like common response of just like, well, just log off or whatever, which I like, I think is like, I think anyone who's making that kind of an oversimplification knows it's an oversimplification. Yeah, um, absolutely. And like, uh, like, of course that does end up being like kind of the only way to get through it is to like, just kind of shut it down and walk away. But like, we can't just say like, we'll just log off as though that's not going to have like massive material effects on people um, and like social effects on people, um, especially in a situation where like, we cannot consistently be like seeing our friends or our family. Yeah, for sure. Or if you depend on social media for your livelihood. Yeah, that's Which was like Clementine's case. Yeah, yeah. it's an unfortunate situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you dealt with that? Um, well, actually, um, the two of you were quite instrumental in my surviving my cancellation this summer, which I've talked a little bit, um, about on the pod, but yeah, like basically like this summer, like when the harassment that I was experiencing was like through the roof, it was like, I was getting so many messages. I was experiencing nonstop harassment. Um, I literally had to change my, um, well, I got Jay to change my Instagram password and like take away my Instagram basically so that I couldn't look at it or go on it. Um, yeah. And, um, kind of like had both of you come to my studio and like supervise me working. Cause I still had to like work, but I was like around the internet. So like having friends to like be there, but yeah, basically I kind of had to stop working for like a couple months. Um, like I was still working a little bit and I was still getting a little bit of sales, but like actually my income was like highly affected from not being able to go online and advertise my work, which is like, yeah, I use social media to advertise my work. So it's like super essential. But if like uh, social media is like a place of like nonstop harassment, um, it's like super intolerable to be on there. Yeah. Um, I had to like go onto Clementine's email and just like go through like hundreds of hate mail emails. Like it was fucking wild, you know? Yeah. Thanks for doing that. So many. (laughs) Yeah. 
I so, by the way, if you sent Clementine hate mail, they didn't read it. I deleted it. <laughs> I think also, like, I mean, like, it, like, um, I think that this is a, like, often not talked about, like, labor issue for a lot of, like, working artists. Um, yeah. Like, I think there's, like, especially for, like, working artists who have, like, a, who have a platform at all. Like, if you are a working artist and you're not just, like, some guy who screams at the back of a truck and, like, you know, or even if you are, but you have an Instagram following, like, you know, like, there's this weird assumption that you are just, first of all, like, rolling in cash. Um, I was, like, I was raised by two working artists. Not, you know, like, it was, like, and, and like, uh, it's, a, it's a very difficult, like, you know, like, entire life eating, like, inconsistent, really hard way to make a living. And um, so there's an idea that you're like just completely rolling in cash. And also that like, that like, maybe you're just, you're just completely, you're just so like awash in positive affirmation all the time that like a little, a couple death threats here and there, it's not that big of a deal when it's just like, no, it's like you're like most working artists work alone or like maybe have like one assistant who comes in like five hours a month or whatever to like help them with their taxes. And then like, and then like everything else is just them. Like, of course there are some working artists where that's not the case, but that's like freaking Justin Bieber or whatever, you know, yeah. it's like yeah, the yeah. vast majority totally. of like working artists are not like most of the money in like arts are made by a very small number of the, like of the people who are working in the arts. And yeah. then like the rest of whatever is left over is like split between the rest of us who are like busting our asses all day long, like in order to try to meet it, like make ends meet. And like, um, and, uh, yeah, just this idea that it's not that big of a deal to just have to, like, doggy paddle through, like, hundreds of horrible things yeah. that people are saying about you is just so weird, like, to me. Like, every artist that I've known has been, like, has had some, like, one aspect of their, like, social media. They've just been like, I don't go on Twitter or, like, I gave up on Instagram or something yeah. like that because, like because the harassment just got too bad yeah. or like, that's what my like assistant does for five hours a month or whatever is they just like log on and yeah. or whatever. Cause like, cause just people say such completely crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting Tara, what you said about like, you know, um, making the leap into like full-time writing and like wanting to do that and like cancel culture being like a terrifying block towards like pursuing that kind of life because it's like really unfortunate, but it's true that like, like being a writer, you know, obviously, you know, you have to write. There's like the whole aspect of like creative production that you have to do. And then if you're like self-employed, there's like 10,000 other million tasks that you have to do. But like nobody wants their job to be dealing with like hundreds of strangers who hate them, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's a really hard thing to fucking do. And like, it's scary to like know that your reputation is kind of like a commodity mm-hmm. that you have to like manage and control for like totally. the creative people. I think that's like a big issue. Yeah. And like, when, especially when like such a big tenant of cancel culture is like, you need to be publicly responding to all of these messages. Yeah. And like, why is it taking you so long? It's been 43 minutes since we like posted this like mean screed on your like yeah. most recent post or whatever. And, uh, like when it's just like, what, like, I, like, I, my heart goes out to every artist who I see dealing with some gigantic flood of that kind of stuff where I'm just like, what if they're like making baby food? Like, you know, like what if they're walking their dog? Yeah. Like, what if they just literally just stepped away from the computer for like five minutes? Like, yeah. Calm down. There's a huge sense of entitlement that people have. And I actually think that it's like rooted in this concept of parasocial relationships mm. where people like feel like they have a relationship with you because they consume your 
content or like your writing so like they know things about you and they feel like they know you personally because like for example like if I read your book I'm like wow like I feel like Tara's personally speaking to me you know mm-hmm. like you have this like personal relationship with consuming people's work um but it's like one way like that person yeah. doesn't know you as the reader like you know and especially when you multiply that if you have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers like there's no way that a, that the person who's creating that content has a relationship with all of those people but those people might feel like they have a relationship with the the writer or the creator right Completely. and so it creates this sense of entitlement like I know you and therefore I can like demand this kind of attention from you mm-hmm. um, and people I think get really emotional about the idea that like there is that boundary that it's like you don't actually know me we don't actually have a real life relationship I think there are like two there I have like two thoughts about that the first is that like yeah like I think that like I've definitely had that feeling about like art that I really love like um I think it's why like we do and we should have like you know like a a grief response when like artists that we love die or whatever you know like I like I was in mourning for days when Prince died I love Prince you know like I like and I really felt like I knew him to a certain extent because like his music means I'm getting emotional thinking about it like his music means so much to me I like Scott Hutchinson the main like the lead singer of Frightened Rabbit I like who like like very tragically died by suicide a few years ago I was busted up for so long because it's one of my favorite bands I love that like you know like that like it meant so much to me and like I do felt like there was I did I like do feel let me try that again I do feel like there's a way in which I like knew those people and like and when I write and like if you do read my book which you should like and like and if you read it and if you feel like you know me it's because there's a way in which you do like you know like you you do know some part of me like um and like, uh, and like, I think that that bond is like really sacred and amazing, but it's like, I think that does like blend in with the thing that you mentioned on the last episode, Jay, about how like the internet's sort of like a video game. Like it's sort of like a, like a simulation of like, of like real life relationships. And like, if you follow my Instagram, I think there is a way in which maybe eventually you might get a sense that you like, you can you are sort of watching almost a t like a a short form tv show about me or something and you might get a get a sense of like knowing me in some way and it's like and it's like and you do but it's like I have no idea who you are and and even if I do have some idea who you are because we've like talked at a show or like even sent a few messages back and forth like there is no way to tell that that intimacy is like two-way and like and people make this assumption that it's like because I read your work and I really feel like I understand it I like I follow your Instagram and I like all your pics or whatever. Like I, I like I then I can I, I'm one of your, like dearly devoted like close ones who can who like whose opinion you need to hear, um, and that's like overwhelming when you're getting dozens or hundreds of those. Like there's no way you can hold all that. It's impossible. Yeah. Like you know like how many close friends does every person have? Like probably like five and that's fine like that's like completely normal that's how normal human relationships work you have like a small number of very very close friends and those are the people whose like perspectives you really care about other than the the aspect of the parasocial relationship which i think is really like you're totally on point with that what do you think motivates people to try to cancel like somebody who's like art they're consuming or something like that like online like that um i mean like i mean like i have this like, I think I have two theories that maybe are based in, like, the darkest and shittiest parts of myself and I'm projecting. So, like, feel free to judge me for it if Fuck you want. Yeah, like, so, like, I think one of them is, like, 
Um, I like, I miss, I, when, okay. If somebody is willing to say to me, like, here's the Instagram of a person that I hate. I hate them because they have more followers than I do. And I think they might be hotter than me. And that makes me feel insecure or, you know, or something like that. Or like, I hate them because they got an award that I also applied for. I hate them because like their book is selling better than me, than mine is. And I think my book is better and fuck that, you know, like, and that makes me feel insecure. If someone's, especially that last line, willing to like slide that in there, I'm like, you are an emotionally healed, strong person because you are willing to admit when like, I like just, uh, you know, like just that you can recreationally hate somebody, you know, like, like you know, you're allowed to just like somebody for a recreational age. I'm like, I think we need to bring back recreationally not liking somebody. <laughs> you know, there doesn't need to be this like high and mighty reasons right, why you right. feel deep burning hatred for every single person you right. feel deep burning hatred for. You're allowed to just be like, they freaking suck for no reason. Like I see them like feeding babies and it makes me want to punch something. You know, like I just hate them. Like, you know, like, and it's like, that's fine. Like, that's like, I think that's normal. Like, I think it's normal to be a person that's just like overtaken by like blind rage for no good reason. But like, um, but the, the nexus makes us feel like we have to be good all the time. Even in our hatred, our hatred has to be good. Right. And like, it has to be righteous. It has to be righteous hatred all the time. Yeah. And it's like, no, like sometimes Maybe, yes, we dislike things for, like, reasons that are rooted in our, like, ethics and our morality. And, like, and, but in, for me, a lot of the time, usually it starts somewhere kind of stupid. Like, I feel insulted or, like, insecure or whatever. And then, like, and then I start looking for reasons that are righteous to, like, dislike somebody. So, basically, number one reason is, like, people are jelly and just, like, turn it into, like, a political righteousness thing. Like, I don't know, that's one part or whatever. Or, like, people, some, or people are just fed up and bored and, like, right. like and just, like, they don't want to hear about this person anymore. So they're just, like, throw them in the gulag. Like, okay, what's the, the trash. what's the other dark part of your soul? Um, the other part is, like, uh, is, I can't remember now. What nice. was I going to say? The <laughs> other follow-up bit was that, oh, Keep talking. I'll probably come back to it. Well, I don't really remember. What do people cancel everybody on the internet for? Um. Well, I feel like there's a few reasons. I definitely think that Tara is definitely onto something. I, I actually do think that yeah, like jealousy and people, people just being bitter about the fact that like we're all trying to fucking survive under capitalism and like it's fucking hard and seeing people be successful can bring up hard feelings and people can be like, hey, why am I not so successful? Um. Let's fucking bring this person down a notch you know and the, and I do think that people get some kind of like some pleasure and joy out of that that a lot of people are not willing to own I think that's like an aspect but I also think that this whole like um you know uh umbrella the umbrella term of of cancel culture the umbrella effect of it um is that like people live in like constant fear of being canceled themselves and so honestly like you know if it was just the people who like had beef and like wanted to fucking bring someone down it wouldn't be that effective because it's only it would be a small minority. it would be a small you know like not everyone is jealous of the same people or or even like really wants to act on that feeling necessarily they or might, jealous at the same time yeah exactly they yeah. might bitch about it with their friends um they might be like fuck that person's annoying but also they could just unfollow like it's really that simple you don't want to see it unfollow I and mean, that's what always fucks with me i'm like why don't you just fucking stop looking at this point. content yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know, well, that, I know, that actually I know. was my second point. Yeah. I think that's like a good, that's like a good thing. Like, yeah, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for being on the same wavelength. But like, yeah, be like the thing of like, 
like the other part of cancel culture too, where it's like, if you don't join in, and this is like one of the main yeah. reasons why I've been constantly, like it keeps on coming back up. It's because now I don't, I don't join when people start like, like, you know, like nailing other people to planks of wood in the street. And like, and that looks weird if you're like not joining in. So it's like, I don't want to like look bad for not participating in this thing. Yeah, because that okay. can get you canceled in yeah. and of itself. Yeah. I want to get into this. Like, yeah, yeah. have you, what, what kinds of um, effects have you experienced as a result of not joining in on a cancellation? Oh my god. Or like gosh. seeing somebody being canceled and standing up for them or just not saying anything or whatever. Yeah, okay. Well, like, I think that like mostly, so I've gotten in trouble, I want to say like five plus times for like either not, either straight up just not joining in or like being in the room, but being like, I'm not going to write a think piece, you know, like I'm not going to like, I'm not going to hold the hammer that nails the person to a plank of wood in my own hand, you know, like, um, but I'll sit here and like, I'll listen to you, but I'm not going to actually do it. Um, or like, and <laughs> worst of all, maybe like identifying that I'm like every single human being on the planet, like, or like in this room right now hates that person. And that person has no support in this context at all. Maybe somebody here should offer that person support, even if they did do something that is bad. Like maybe that person should have just one guy who's like, like, <laughs> yeah. buddy, like, you know, like, do you want to go for a walk? You know, like, yeah. like, do you want to just go breathe? Like, like, frig, like, this must be hard for you. Like, you know, like, even if I'm like, I also don't like the thing that you did, but also like, do you want to go for a walk? Right. Um, like, and I think it's mostly just like, like I, in the case of just like, I don't want to hold the hammer in my hand, you know, like I'm just like, like, I'm like, I don't, it's just not a part of my politic. It's just not a part. It's not consistent with the rest of my ethical structure, which I have spent, you know, like you mentioned, I have a philosophy degree. I spent like six years thinking very carefully about like what my ethics are, how they look, how they all fit into each other and like, like, and why I feel that way. And that does not like publicly like lambasting or eviscerating people or even just telling them that they're a big doo-doo head on the internet is not part of that. Like that's yeah. not like, it doesn't fit into my structure. Um, which is not to say that I have been perfect in that. Like, you know, like I have like, I think there's been a, I can think of like one time when someone got canceled and it really, like the thing that they got canceled for really hurt my feelings, you know, like it like really like bugged me. So I like, like, I couldn't help but make a few, like, you know, like, vague, like, subtweets. And, like, you know, like, and I couldn't help but go to the meetings. And I couldn't help but, like, I just, I needed to know what was going on because I, I felt so personally affected by the whole thing. Um, but I was not going to, you know, I was not going to, like, be a part of the, like, movement against this person. Because I was, like, the damage has kind of already been done. Right. Um, and you got in, like, kind of trouble for that. Yeah, definitely. No, I like I this like a few months ago, I found out that like, there's at least one person, if not probably a few that like, like, have that in like a weird dossier about me, you know, like that, like, of like, well, you know, like you didn't participate in like this thing. Um, which I like, which, which was like, always something I was worried about. Um, but kind of like wrote it off as a, as like a paranoia worry. Um, which it was, I didn't have any evidence for it, really, you know, like, it's like, I like, and I, I, I still maintain that it's like, it's fine to not bother preparing for things that you don't have any evidence is actually going to happen. That's just how you stay safe. <laughs> but like, um, but I, I was worried about that being a thing happening that like people were like secretly mad. 
um, and not telling me. Um, but, and it, I, to turn, like, I found out this summer that it was actually true. Um, like that people were holding it over your head. The people were holding it over my head that I didn't participate in this, that in this, like this one cancellation. So fucked, man. Um, and then like, uh, and then like, uh, and then, yeah, there are like a bunch of other, like, I feel like since like, there, there's been a bunch of other, like, I didn't participate and it's on a spectrum. Like I either like didn't participate, like people asked me, like, come do X, Y, or Z, extremely weird thing that I, like, wouldn't feel comfortable doing at all. Right. Um, and, like, and I was, like, no, thank you. Like, do whatever you want. I can't control what you do, but, like, I'm not going to be a part of this. Um, all the way to, like, yeah, like, I've literally, like, offered help to people who I think were, like, like, you know, either offered help to people that I, like, literally don't actually think did anything wrong to, like, the like to on the other end like people who are like yeah you probably did something wrong but it's like like as if you're going to get any better with every single human being here screaming in your face um and uh and every single one of those things i've i've gotten in trouble for um and uh but i don't feel i don't necessarily feel bad about it the things like the things that i do hold regret about are the like times that i did participate like that's the those are the like the like times that I really did hold on to, like, I, I'm still, like, I have a lot of regret, and I wish I could make amends about the things that happened in those circumstances, specifically because those are the only circumstances where I do feel like my actions made the situation worse, instead of mm -hmm. making the situation, like, either stay the same or get a little bit better. Like, I'm a bit of a utilitarian when it comes to just, like, harm in, like, our communities, and I just feel like, um, like, uh, in the cases where I did something, um, that was more in line with like cancel culture behavior. It was always to make myself feel better and not necessarily because I was trying to like help. Um, even in the situations where I did lie to myself and delude myself into thinking that it was to try to help the situation or like help the survivor or help the people affected by the situation or whatever, it didn't ever. And it always made the situation worse. And all it did was like make my relationships shittier and make like, um, and like draw me further into like, like networks of relationships where I didn't trust anybody. Mm. So there's like a couple, I think there's like two big things that you're bringing up that I feel like we should like unpack. The first is like, basically this, um, this like getting canceled for not canceling. Like the idea that, that not participating is like a punishable offense in and of itself is like a pretty scary phenomenon. Um, and I honestly do think that that is like a huge, a huge reason why so many people sort of like passively participate. Um, like when I was being canceled this summer, there was like lots of people who were actively participating by like slandering me and like harassing me. But there was even more people who passively participated by just unfollowing me um, and just being like, I don't want to be associated um, or even more severely people who just stopped being my friend mm -hmm. um, in real life, you know, because they were like, I don't want to be associated with someone um, who is being canceled because that means I could be canceled, you know? And like, you know, you two were people who actually like stood by me and you experienced consequences for that in your own lives just because you are canceled by association, you know? So I'm thinking about like what this does to our communities, um, and to like the concept of loyalty and to the concept of like friendship and also like secure attachment, you know? Um, so like, uh, Tara, Jay, and I, like, we're all friends, and, like, 
we do this thing called RADSOB, um, which is like, uh, stands for radical sobriety. And it's like a group of like friends who are like leftists and recovery, recovering alcoholics and stuff. And we like meet and talk. And it just so happens that like the group of us that are meeting right now are all people who have, have experience with cancel culture. And it's like literally such a fucking safe space. Like literally, like people are always like, this is a safe space, but we'll like fucking destroy your life. Right. You know, like yeah, this is a safe space. But if you say anything that we don't like, we are like what a safe space often means is like, <laughs> if you say anything we don't like, we will throw you directly in the garbage. Yeah. yeah. And like try to fucking actively destroy your life, you know? So like, yeah, like just like thinking about, you know, and it's also come up a lot in the, um, the feedback that we've gotten about the podcast and like the emails that we've received. So a lot of people are fucking afraid of their friends. A lot of people do not feel safe in their communities and have no sense of loyalty and really don't have any secure attachment. Yeah, um, we're getting that over and over again. Yeah, because people are really, really scared that like any wrong move could get them canceled. And even that if they don't participate in canceling their friends, then that could be like, it's me or you. Either I abandon you or I have to go down too, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, honestly, it's, it's, it's shocking and incredibly moving actually to like see like the people that did choose to like stand up for me um, and have my back. I'm just going to say nice things about you, Tara. Love it. Love it. <laughs> but yeah, on. like Tara fucking like gave me the fucking keys to her apartment, like fucking cooked me food, like let me snuggle her dog and like fucking like took care of me when I was like mentally falling apart and having like a mental breakdown. Whereas like some of my most closest friends like totally abandoned me and just didn't even talk to me about it. They were just like, well, you know, all these people are talking shit about you on the internet. And so we're not your friends anymore, you know? Not to toot my own horn, but I also think it's important to note that we were not like super close. No, we weren't. No, we weren't. (laughs) That's the thing. And this is what I mean when I'm like, I found out who my real friends are. Like I was actually really surprised The people who came through for me in like real, real ways often were my best friends. And then they actually turned out to be my best friends because I found out like, who are the people in my life that I can actually fucking trust, you know? And that is like a type of secure attachment that like, I actually, I feel bad for people who are stuck in this world because they can't trust their friends, yeah. you know? Yeah, because they're, they're part of like an ideology that obliterates loyalty. Yeah, that totally obliterates loyalty. Yeah. And it's like with you two, you know, and our, our other friends, like, it's like, I honestly feel like I can be honest. I, I'm not like surveilling myself like I could I know that you that you two care about me and that like you don't you're not like secretly like keeping a file on me about like what I might have possibly done wrong at some point that you're going to pull out at some fucking moment in the future like you know like I if I say something that you guys don't agree with like I know that you guys are going to like lovingly and gently like challenge me but also allow me to have my own perspective you don't have to agree on everything you know and like you're going to assume but like I'm acting from, you know, doing my best and like, you know, that I'm an ethical person and like we care about each other. And but there's like a sense of like loyalty and like real like friendship. Yeah. And like I think there's like this is something that like I think like if uh like when it comes to like both of you say things that I don't agree often, like you don't agree with often, but like I also have like I'm curious enough about it and also trust both of your integrity and intelligence enough to when you say things that I don't really get or I don't, or I, or like, I don't agree with or whatever. I'm like, if I don't, if it seems completely batshit insane to me, it's probably because I don't understand something. And so I should probably just like ask them to elaborate. And then like, if I still don't agree, it's like, I at least have to stay grounded in the idea that they believe that for a good reason. Like, you know, like they believe that because of like 
good reasons that they arrived at through like their own experiences that I have no access to. Right. And like, and I could, cannot possibly judge. Um, and like, it's just so cuckoo banana pants to me that like, that like anybody would have such an uncharitable like response, like the, the, the like just the, the, the complete lack of charitability in so many relationships that I like witness, um, in like my, my, like in, in my community completely boggles my mind over and over again, where like, I will literally see people tear each other down on literally a miscommunication. Like they'll, they and think then they refuse to fucking back down. Yeah. They think yeah. they understand something and they don't yeah. actually. They yeah, actually totally. misunderstood something, totally. but they like, but everyone's always in attack mode. And I think I'm like, I in my, like, my, like my brain that is just like, mm, it's probably because they're sick. It's just like, you're still, you're reacting about something else that's going on because this is like, cause that's the only explanation that I can find for this completely disproportionate, totally dis dislodged from reality response well the stakes are really really high often right yeah for two main reasons i think one is that the moral framework in which all this takes place is one of like um oppression and you know um um like fighting for like freedom and 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 liberation and and all this so like on this moral level this moral political level the stakes are very high right because that's always the framework and then on another level it's this thing where like if you don't participate or you like if you're not like canceling people like frequently enough or whatever in the very like hardcore of the nexus anyway, like you yourself can lose all of your community. Mm -hmm. And and for both those reasons, it's like very fucking scary for people. Right. And and there's like a, there's a big stick and not a lot of carrot to get them out of there. You know, yeah. I even want to like, I want to like, like, I even want to, sorry, I have this terrible habit of like saying nine words smushed together into one sound. It's just like, I'm one. and I mean, I even want to like, but um, uh, like zoom it into, for me, the thing that's often the most painful when I'm like mid cancellation or whatever is not even the, the risk of losing everything. It's specifically the risk of losing specific people. Mm. Like that is the thing that really, really, really hurts. Like, yeah. um, I like, uh, like, I feel like usually I'm not, um, I have this almost like socially nihilistic idea of like, of like about community, I think often, but like, but like if my, if my partner of almost nine years canceled me, I don't know if I would recover in the near or far future, you know, like it would take a really long time. If like, I got like, if like, if my partner like dumped me for like, because I was unpopular on the internet or whatever, you know, like it would really destroy me. If my, like, if uh, some of my other like really close friends, like just like, like, and I, I think of like individual people, like just totally dropped me for like, because I'm not popular online. Like I would have a really hard time recovering from that for a really yeah. long time. Um, and I think that sometimes even the like focusing on like losing everything can be can almost like obscure. Like it's not even necessarily bad or it's, but like, the incredibly sacred human bonds between like people that are like just severed due to, I don't even want to say that it's like about nothing or whatever. Cause sometimes it is about things that like either are important or feel very important in the moment or whatever, but it's like love's supposed to be able to endure that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know, like maybe I'm freaking corny as hell, but I'm no. like, isn't friendship and love supposed to be able to like, like, isn't that literally the whole, like it, love is gentle love is kind or whatever you know like isn't that supposed to be the thing you're totally right but it, this points to another fucking scary thing about cancellation right 
Because what the cancelers basically are doing is they're like, um, we're going to get you, but we're also going to get your fucking friends. Yeah. Or we're going to take your fucking friends, right? And we're going to try really hard to make that extend to as many of your friends and loved ones as possible. Um, and so you're afraid of like losing your friends and loved ones, all of them in general, but also specific ones. But also you're afraid of your friends and loved ones having to experience the the consequences of not canceling you themselves you know which which fucking sucks for them you Mm -hmm. know and a lot of people have like stood by me while i've been canceled over and over um at great detriment to themselves you know and it it hurts me like it in some ways it hurts me more than than the 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 things that i've experienced you know what i mean because it's like it's fucking awful to be like well you love me and so you're going to stand by me um, even though people are like now fucking like lying about you and fucking saying all this like horrible shit about you and fucking dragging you into things that are none of their fucking business, none of anyone's business, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a like old world, almost like just like shame upon your house, shame yeah. upon your family, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like it, it almost makes me feel like well, it's, I'm, group, it's group punishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it almost makes me feel like I'm in some sort of like ritzy upper class, like northeastern United States fucking like family or whatever, and I can't step out of line or like my family is going to get, you know, like rotten bananas thrown at them in the country club or whatever. And it's like, and that's going to be the worst thing that's ever happened in my family, you know, like in my family line, because I like, I mean, there's a reason why collective punishment is um, not used in our legal system. And is also a war crime when it happens Yeah, (laughs) in war, (laughs) you know, because it's not fucking fair. Yeah. It's not fair. Um, Yeah. So I hate that. (laughs) Yeah. No, like it's like, uh, it's true. And, uh, and it's like, and it's also, it's, yeah, it's why like, it's so, it's so heartbreaking when you, when somebody that you really trusted shows up and they've got a rhinoceros head is it's just like, what the frick? Like, I'm like, and like, they got to you and there's nothing. And it sometimes, sometimes you can get them back with like a, like with a really like authentic, true heart to heart conversation where it's like, you really just have to sit here and you have to trust me. And like, I'm like, and like, you can, you know, like I, I, I got really used to saying this one thing this summer because I had to say it over over and over and over again, where I was like, you are allowed to draw whatever conclusions you want after this conversation. But I'm like, because I felt like the rhetoric being used by people who were advocating against me over and over again, where it was like, you have to think this. If you don't agree with us, you're a bad person. Like, how dare you? You're like an agent of all this evil in the world. And I remember just having all these like, you know, just like shaky voice conversations with people where I'm like, I'm just going to tell you what I think and how I feel and what this looks like from my perspective. And after that, you are allowed to draw whatever conclusion you want. And I will love you. No, I will still love you. You know, like, even if you never want to talk to me again. And like, um, and some people I got through to and some people I didn't. And I still feel like I'm not quite recovered from like that yet, because it's like, like, even if, like, that experience did not lead to me, like, whatever, like, losing thousands of Instagram followers or, like, losing all of my money or, like, whatever, you know, like, lots of other things that actually happen to people and, like, affect their life in a material way. Like, um, and, like, like I I lost people that I, like, in, like, pe- like, people. And it's, like, even losing, like, one or two of them, that one, like... It was horrible. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and, like, this is a thing that I, like, also, like, fits into my ethical structure or whatever, like... Friendships aren't disposable. They're not like we don't I don't get to just like I don't get to just be like, well, I only lost two friends, but I like at least I'm closer with like Jay and Clementine. Like you guys aren't exchangeable for yeah. those other, you know, those other friendships that I had. Those friendships were like 
precious and irreplaceable and like beautiful with like those people that I really thought that I had something good going on with and it's gone now and that's heartbreaking. Yeah, I think losing like losing really close friendships is like the worst part of all of it. Like losing the money, losing the the followers, like whatever, you know. I think it's like the betrayal from like close people who turn on you and like believe internet strangers or like you. Um, and who like suddenly devalue like the relationship that you have like in a profound way. Um, and also the harassment, like and the like public shaming are like the two probably most painful um aspects of being like brutally canceled. And they're happening at the same time. So it's like you're being publicly shamed and going through like this like really epic um experience that would be hard for anyone to go through, and you're losing like your support system as that's happening. Mm-hmm. So your way out is like narrowing yeah. as you're like as it's still happening. Yeah. Yeah. But what's interesting for me and like part of what has come out of all of this for me is that even though like I totally agree with you, Tara, it's like the fucking loss is like it's fucking so devastating and like yeah, those relationships are irreplaceable. Um, But, like, my sort of, like, positive spin on it or whatever is that I'm, like, I honestly think that my fear of cancel culture made me a little bit dishonest. Mm. And I think it makes a lot of us dishonest in the sense that we're, like, I have to say the right things. I can't say things that are going to get me canceled. And so, therefore, I'm not super honest, like, with my friends all the time because if I disagree about something, um, if I have a controversial view if I don't think that this other person deserves to be shamed, like maybe I'm just not going to say anything because I don't want to be canceled myself. I don't want to lose things. And so it becomes this like level of dishonesty that like builds up. And what that means is you can't have real intimacy. You can't have real closeness. And like the friends that I lost who were like my closest friends on some level, I'm like, were they really, they were like my closest friends, but that was like the level of closeness that I was capable of at that time. Right. Because I was not actually able to be totally honest with my friends because I certainly wouldn't at that time in my life have made a podcast called fucking canceled because I would have been really fucking afraid of being fucking canceled. And I would never be this like straightforward about how I really think about these things. Mm. And so what that means is that I was never really able to have um, real intimacy and closeness with these people because I was like not being totally transparent, you know? Um, And so now it's like crazy because I live with this like fear of being like, I have to like have this conversation. Like, I want to make a zine about like, so you've been canceled, like fun tips and tricks for like getting through, you know? Um, And one of them, like one of the things is disclosure. Like once you've been canceled on a massive level, people are always going to find out about that. So at a certain point you have to like have the cancel conversation. Oh yeah. Um, And it sucks. But at the same time, it's sort of like a way of finding out how these people feel about cancel culture and whether or not they're people who are going to cancel you in the future, you know? That's so funny. Yeah. Well, I remember you making sort of like a sort of a joke, but also it was serious about like, about like, it was almost something that you mentioned. It was something you mentioned on a first date. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it was as if it was like part of your resume. Like, it's like, hello, I'm Clementine. I use these pronouns and I've been canceled this many times, you know, like it's like, um, uh, yeah. Honestly, like, this is kind of crazy, but like, it honestly reminds me or like, cause I was like trying to think of an analogy of like what this fucking feels like. And it kind of feels like STI disclosure, to be honest, mm-hmm. because it's like being like, hey, I have to tell you this thing about me that like lots of people are assholes about. Lots of people don't want to date people who are like being honest about this. 
And I'm afraid you're just going to either like insult me or just like stop replying to my text. If also, it's infectious. And yeah. also, it's infectious. Also, it's infectious and I can't get rid of it. And it's like, it's just part of my life forever. And like, you are now going to have to deal with the possibility of also being marked by this, you know? And are you willing to like go down that path with me? Mm-hmm. Or is that like too much work for you and you'd rather not, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's like fucking scary. I don't like having that conversation. It's literally horrible. Um, but it's also been cool because there's been, it's opened up these possibilities for people to be like, wow, like people are like, that's really brave of you for saying that, like for just being honest that this happened. And also like, I also have all of these feelings about cancel culture and I've also had these experiences and like, I am afraid of talking about it. And so like, it opens up possibilities for intimacy and closeness. Totally. Yeah. You mentioned Radsaw a bit earlier and, um, I've been like, like, uh, I've been kind of tangentially involved in Radsaw for about four years, but I've like... Um, but that's because I sucked at being sober for a long time. Like I was like, just constantly relapsing. And like, um, I like, I don't want to say that I'm out of the woods yet, but like this, like this, like, um, lap, this most recent, you know, like stretch stretch. Thank you. Stretch of sobriety has been the mo- the longest one so far. I'm like at or approaching nine months. Yeah, thank you. Um, and like, I think so much about too, about how like, when I meet people, I always have to have the conversation about how, like, about, like, um, about how I don't drink and I can't, and I can't drink. And like, right now there's only like so much alcohol I can even really be around at all because I'm like, I I don't even have a year yet, you know, like, and it's like, I'm so far away from like really feel like really relaxing. And like, I still get cravings and I still get impulses and I still get urges. And like, um, that's probably going to be something that I'm going to like a conversation I'm going to have to keep having with people forever. And like, um, And also, like, I think so much about how, like, so many of my relapses were so rooted in not being able to be honest and, like, being too tired or not being brave enough or not feeling grounded enough in my integrity to state what my boundaries around alcohol actually were and, like, um, worrying that people weren't going to like me if I didn't drink, Um, worrying I wasn't going to be able to, like, achieve real intimacy with people if I wasn't drunk. Um, which is hilarious now that I'm been sober for this long, but like, but did not, but felt like a, such a real, like fucking people still make jokes, but how like, no, don't trust people. Don't, you know, like, I don't trust people unless they just were like three beers in or whatever. Like I still see people make jokes about stuff like that all the time. And, um, and so like, I, I just like kept on getting like drugged back down into hell, not by other people, by myself and my like inability mm. to like be honest with myself. Um, and I feel like that's the, like, before I, like, um, like, as I was, like, recovering from cancel culture as well, I think that was, like, a lot of the, like, like my, my relapses when I did have them, like, when I did feel like I wanted to, you know, like, whatever, share a, share something, or, like, I wanted to, I wanted to be doing the subtweets, even if I wasn't, like, naming anybody by name, or, like, I did want to, like, I just really wanted to participate in the gossip, even though it was, like, not, like, even if I wasn't going to, like, write a think piece or whatever, like that was like so much of that was just me being not like not being able to be honest and me feeling like I was losing like so much of this is also like I'm being really upfront about like gross nasty yucky parts of like me too so like feel free to drag me through the mud through it uh, feel free to drag me through the mud for it I guess no, but also no, like no, no. but also like this um this like impulse to like we're being worried I was losing out on an opportunity for intimacy it was also something that I think I was like really 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 um, like I kept on getting drugged back into it for that reason too. And like feeling like, um, because I, because like when I was on this like righteous high horse, I felt like I, my life had so much meaning, like, and like, 
here we were fighting the bad guys, you know, like, and like, really one getting, tweet at a time. One tweet at a yeah, one post, like, at a time, we are going to de- defeat the, like, this kind of morally bad person. Um, and we're all in it together, guys, on the group chat, not like, you know, like, yeah. staring at our phones blocks and blocks away from each other with our necks and arms cramping up and not moving. Like, you with know, the like, multiple other back chat channels to talk about the people in the main channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it's, um, and it's just, like, as if that was, like, intimacy. But I still got this, like, rush from it that really, like, you know, feels like... Yeah. Feels like... It feels like the rush when you start drinking, which really always, for me, feels like falling in love, you know? Like, it's just, like... And, like, the world just opening up and, like, things... Like, new possibilities, like, opening up again. Um, but it's not real. It's fake. And you're going to wake up the next morning and you feel like shit. Yeah. I think that's really true, like, the sense of belonging piece. Like... Um, people, we're social animals. We want to be with people. We want to be a part of something. And like, if you're given the option of like, either be a part of the group or be cast out, like most people are going to choose be a part of the group, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, even if it's like against their integrity, like what they're being asked to do, or yeah, even if they don't feel good about it, like I totally understand why people choose to be a part of the group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've canceled people. Oh yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah, no, I like, um... I feel like the the cancellation that I was the most instrumental in um, happened a bunch of years ago. I won't get into too, I won't get into details about it, but basically it happened online, um, and it uh, it was somebody that I knew very well and like felt very friendly with, and um, it really seemed really fucking stupid in retrospect, but it felt really important at the time. Um, and it was like, uh, it was about, like, it was like, I think that so much of it for me was about belonging and like really feeling like I was, I had just moved to Montreal. I moved to Montreal in 2012. Um, and I moved here because of the like, like because of the, like the like student demonstrations. I like, I was living in Halifax and I like saw the, you know, the biggest act of civil disobedience in Canadian history. And I was like, I need to be there. Like that's, I was this like teenage anarchist and I was like, I fucking need to go there. So I packed up all my shit and I like moved here, um, destitute broke, didn't have any money. And like, um, just decided I was going to be a like Montreal punk and I was going to go to Concordia and I was going to get involved in all these like student activism things. Um, and arrived in Montreal and the strike immediately ended basically like that week. So I I, totally missed it, but whatever. Um, but like, I, but as I was like, I was getting like more and more involved in like, like I was was, like, you know, really trying to like get to know people. I'm like pretty friendly and like, um, and and Montreal punks at least at the time were really not, they were like not friendliness was not, there were many virtues of the Montreal punk scene around 2012 friendliness I would not say was like one of their main ones um and uh and I online at one point late one night um in one of those first few years I saw the like beginnings of a bubbling like early bubblings of a cancellation that involved somebody that I knew and I you know wrote something about it and that thing like got a lot of attention and I felt really important for a minute and, um, and I really think that like my impulses there were like, I was trying to, I was trying to like fit in with this new community that I didn't really understand. Um, I was like, I really felt like it was on a subject 
where, where I had some authority and I would be taken seriously. And I was a 20 year old woman who like very rarely felt like I had any authority on anything and was very rarely taken seriously about anything at all. And here was this opportunity to have an authority, to have authority and be taken seriously. Um, and, uh, so I just threw my friend under the fucking bus and I tried to do it nicely. You know, like I tried to like couch all of my words very carefully. You know, it was one of those, like, it was one of those, like, those like cancel posts. That's just like, I'm just really like calling you to like be present in being accountable for your feeling actions and for trying to be, and it's just like, it's just, which is such bullshit. It just like always feels like someone like. Like looking back on it, I'm like, oh, it's like someone like singing a lullaby, lullaby to you while they like smother you down. <laughs> it's just, like, such trash. Um, yeah, he's stabbing you. And yeah, like, this, is like, wrong, guys. And it's just, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why are you doing it? Yeah. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, like, um, but I did it, and um, I didn't really even like find out until like, okay, like I think I did it because I was like, here is my opportunity to, um, to like find some acceptance and like, and like be acknowledged in this, like in this community of punks <laughs> and like, and like this, in this community of like young people and change makers where like, um, I think I had felt like up until that point, like largely ignored and like shut out or like actively had people be very hostile to me. Um, and like, and it, it worked for like a minute, like, you know, like it, like, and then everybody forgot about me again. And like, it was like, I'll still long, slow slog to like, feel like I had any kind of like, like my feet in the ground in Montreal at all. Um, and, uh, so it didn't really like work in that way. I also don't want to like, I wasn't like sitting behind my, my keyboard scheming and conniving and being like, hey, this is all bad. Like, I also like, it was something I at least thought I really cared about at that point, but I just want to make it clear that like, I don't trust looking back on it now that like my intentions were completely pure. Like, did um, you ever apologize to this person? I did, because like, I'm, the other thing that I want to say is that like, it didn't really affect my life very much at all, but it really fucked up theirs. Like, it really, 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 really negatively affected their life in a big, serious way for years afterwards. Um, and I didn't really even know how badly it like bothered them and like fucked their life up until like, yeah, years later when we, they kind of like, they kind of, they they kind of like made amends to me about like what I had called them out for on the internet. And at that point I was like, oh honey, like I don't give a fuck about that anymore. Like it just seems so weird that like this thing that had defined their life for so long mm. was something that I don't even agree with the reason why I was like, you know, like it was such a cast off thing. Like I was experimenting in being the kind of person that cared about that kind of shit at like that point. Yeah. You know, like it like um it the stakes just weren't that high for me at all. And it like didn't affect my life very much. Um, but it really did affect theirs. And I did tell them, like, I was like, I'm like, cause they were like, I'm really sorry. And I was like, me too. If I could do that again, I would not do that. Like I would like, even if I was that person who thought that same thing, I would just have a freaking private conversation yeah. with you. Like a normal person. Cause you're my friend. Like, yeah. why was I so scared to speak to you privately? Like, it's so, it just strikes me as so emotionally immature now that like I had to make a post. Like I couldn't just talk to them. Like it's just insane. So yeah. um, I really, and I really hope that they got the full depth and breadth of how sorry I was. I don't like, I don't know if you're listening and you know who you are. I'm really fucking sorry, dude. <laughs> like I like, I really don't like, 
I, and I, I really learned my lesson and I never did it again. Um, and I never will. Cause I like, I saw the way it, I saw how fucked up it made your life and mm. it didn't fuck my life up like that. And like the thing that you did and didn't fuck my life up, it made me temporarily frustrated. Like, you know, what about, uh, what about you, Clementine? You ever cancel anybody? Um, I wouldn't say that I've fully canceled someone. Um, but I did like, and I've written an article about this, which is on my Patreon, my own personal Patreon. So small plug for, if you want the full, the full article. Um, but basically, yeah, like I, I like told people that my ex was abusive. Um, because I thought that my ex was abusive, you know, because I, I was in a shitty relationship where my needs weren't being met. I was really unhappy. I already have complex PTSD. So I felt fucking crazy. And like my emotional response to being in an unhappy relationship was like wildly disproportionate. I didn't feel like I had the capacity to like leave that relationship. Um, because of the fact that I have PTSD and, you know, I have been in relationships that I couldn't leave in the past. And so I felt more trapped than I was in this relationship. I wasn't trapped and this person was not abusive. They were just like kind of like emotionally neglectful and not a great partner. But because I felt so fucking devastated at the end of that relationship and I talked to a friend about it and like that friend suggested to me that what I had experienced was emotional abuse and thinking about it as emotional abuse was like super regulating. It made me feel less helpless it made me make sense of the level of pain that I was experiencing. Cause I was like, yeah, it makes sense. If this wasn't abusive, like why am I in this much pain? Um, and the answer to that is I have PTSD from child abuse. Um, so I have a disproportionate nervous system response to things. Um, and I was in a shitty relationship that wasn't meeting my needs. Like that sucks in general. It's painful in general. Um, add like attachment trauma and developmental trauma to that. And like, it feels like you're fucking dying, you know? Um, and so I was like, I guess I was, and it was, you know, um, it was genuine in the sense that like, I thought it was true. Like, um, and I didn't go online. I didn't make a post. Um, but I, I said it to people, you know, and like, definitely, um, there were people that I talked to who knew this person. Um, I wrote about it in my zine, but I didn't like name them, but like people who knew who I was like would know. Um, and so like, that's going to have huge consequences. And especially in the way that cancel culture works, like we just use this word abuser and we make no like distinctions about like what we mean by that specifically. It could mean a lot of things, you know? Um, and that can have huge consequences on this person's life. So yeah, it took me a long time. And in fact, it was um, my therapist like years later who just like point blank was like, that was not an abusive relationship. That was an unhappy relationship. Hmm. Um, and I was like, wow. And I did a lot of soul searching and realized that that was true. Um, and so I have since recanted that statement, I wrote about it and I've been public about it, but I haven't made direct amends to this person. I mean, it's COVID and it's like a weird time, but like eventually I would like to sit down and talk to them about it. Um, but at least I'm being honest now and like setting the record straight that that was not an abusive relationship. And like, I don't think that there's a lot of, um, like space for like that kind of narrative, like for people to be like, wow, I was like really hurt and upset. And I framed this in a particular way. And now that I'm like, have some distance from it, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, actually the way I was framing it is not super honest. Hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, I think it was my, I think it was my dad who was like the first person who was like, like just was just like like just put it in the perspective of like yeah sometimes when your heart's broken it feels like you're about to die like it's just like and like there's no other like 
there's there just doesn't feel in that moment like any other explanation except for like something horrible happened like but like and something did horrible happen your heart like like horrible did happen i mean like your heart got broken and that's awful but it's like it's it's a but it's like one of those like normal kinds of like awful you know it's just like yeah and relationships can be shitty like yeah we've lost all discernment like between different types of things like yeah. relationships can be like really like unhappy like and that could be um that sucks but like it doesn't necessarily mean that it's abusive you know mm-hmm. um and yeah so I mean I think that's my main um my main experience as a counselor um maybe some more minor shit like if I thought about it um but yeah I think that's the main one yeah oh well, what about you Jay <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god um I I kind of did a little bit cancel Jay. <laughs> okay, wait. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know how I forgot about that. Is that how you started dating? Is it a sex thing? Sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, it kind of is how we started dating. It's not, it's not really a sex thing. Um, okay. So should I should I just briefly should I just briefly uh, unpack that or? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> The story of Clementine canceling me. <laughs> I, can't believe, I can't believe that I <laughs> you fucked that up. I can't, believe, <laughs> I can't believe I almost forgot about that one. Um, okay, so basically, long story short, um, I um, when I first met Jay, um, we met actually at a twelve step meeting through someone that we both knew, and I thought they were really cool, and um we both were doing like similar activism and like whatever and then we added each other on Facebook um and I was like cool we didn't live in the same city but it was like cool to be in touch with this person who you know I was excited to know because we seemed to have a lot in common and then somebody messaged me to just like let me know that this person was problematic um and gave some like vague rumors from from Montreal um and because of where I was at with my own um like, where I was at with my own shame and my own fear of, like, cancellation, I was like, fuck, man, I have a lot of skeletons in my closet, I'm really afraid of being canceled, and, like, I can't afford to, like, have this acquaintance be the reason I get canceled, you know? Um, and so I refused to be Jay's friend. I can't believe I'm confessing this on the podcast. I refused to be Jay's friend. I unfriended Jay on Facebook, um, and then they asked me why, and I told them it was because people were talking shit, and I was afraid, um... I wasn't even that honest. I was like, I heard that you're problematic and I can't be your friend. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, they were really nice about it. They tried to talk to me about it. And then um, I still refused to be their friend. And then like a few years passed and I finally was getting to a place on my own journey where I was like really getting sick of this shit. And I was like, why do we treat each other like this in community? And I was reflecting on like a few people in my life that I had just sort of like refused to like, who I'd cut out or I, who I had like refused to be friends with just because of like things that I had heard. Um, and Jay was one of them. And I was like, wow, like that was like really shitty of me. And I sent them a friend request and they accepted and I apologized. And then I came to Montreal and now we're dating. (laughs) 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 That's a long story short, but yeah. So Yeah, yeah. So I guess I did somewhat, passively partake in your cancellation and i do apologize for that i forgive you okay thank you <laughs> that's good if they didn't forgive you this would be a really awkward point in the podcast yeah. yes about that 
Yeah. So I think that that's like, yeah, that's like a passive involvement in cancellation. But yeah, like passive involvement in cancellation adds up, you know, like when lots of people are passively canceling you, like it fucking sucks. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I did, I mentioned this, I think in the first podcast, but I, or the first episode, but I did once try to cancel somebody. Um, and it didn't really work, but basically there was this person who was being like quite whatever, like had, had treated my friend really, really poorly. Right. Um, in a relationship context. And at, at a certain point I sort of was told the full extent of like how bad it was, um, including some things that were just really just a not okay way to treat your, your partner. Right. Um, and I was fucking mad about it because this friend of mine was something, someone that I care about really deeply. And I just, I don't know, I was overcome with anger. Um, and yeah, I don't know this person, like the, the baddie in the situation, like was also sort of like, um, I felt had not experienced any like consequences for this and, and was like still sort of like allowed to be alive in spaces. And I was just sort of like, this is, this is unconscionable that they're allowed to exist in the world. Um, and yeah, so I hopped on Facebook and I just, I, I was just like, just so everybody knows this person is like a bad like person who, who did bad things to my friend and, and everyone should be mad about it. Um, and then, yeah, people, you know, I had like a bunch of people private message me, to be like, you're actually a bad person and you're not allowed to tell other people that they're bad people because you're bad. Um, and we know that you're bad. And yeah. you're too canceled to be a canceler. You're too canceled to be a canceler. And and I was like, first of all, why are you my Facebook friend? <laughs> <laughs> um, second of all, who are you? Yeah, second of all, go fuck yourself. Um, and third, I was like, yeah, I guess I am too canceled to be a canceler, you know? Yeah. And I never really tried again. Um, but yeah, you know, people were just letting me know that I was not allowed to partake in in this um this this power game. Yeah, you know? you're too canceled. I'm too canceled. It's like that Freddie DeBoer uh, article where he's just like, he's just like, yeah, like I I am I am not one of the good ones. Like I can't pretend to be one of the good ones. Um, yeah, because I'm being canceled, you know, and yeah. Uh, yeah. and and everybody knows that in Montreal and uh, whatever. I'm fine with it now. Um, I mean, it sucks. I wish that people would stop lying about me, but, uh, they do. Yeah. And everyone knows that, but I have really good friends who have my fucking back and, um, people pay me to be problematic now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's great. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was kind of like an interesting moment for me to just be like, okay, like I'm not allowed to participate. And I mean, it's kind of good in a way because it doesn't feel good to be a counselor. It does not feel good. No, no. And like, honestly, like it, basically like immediately after posting that I was also I was like, uh, is this right? <laughs> this, is this right? Like, this isn't like the way. Like, I don't know. This is not what I want to do. And, yeah. Like, if anything, I wish I could just talk to this fucking person and be like, yo, like, why, 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 why you, why you treat my friend like that? You know? Or even like, in some ways, I'm like a good old fashioned, just like punch somebody in the face and walk away would be better than this fucking thing. You know? Mm -hmm. Um. I but, uh, just, like, sorry, but you finished. Well. No, I mean, that's, that's about it for me. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not going to co-sign the punching in the face, but let's continue. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be, I'm not going to make a statement about whether or not I co-sign punch people in the face. But um, I, like, I also feel like it's like, I can't help but feel like um, none of these things are like, cancel culture, I do not feel is particularly like survivor focused either because so much of it is focused on the, um, on like, like just attaching like energy to whoever the baddie in the situation is too and I and this was like this was like my my like this was this was like 
what was informing my ethics when like the when I would sometimes be the only guy offering any support at all to the baddie in a situation, you know, like um where I'm just like I'm like you like somebody needs to be like you need some people need support to like move through these things. And like I'm like like what if the cancel culture peeps like focused all of their energy into like getting the like getting whoever the victim in the scenario is like therapy and food and like you know like actually showing up for them in like meaningful actual ways like who's taking them out on walks who's like are you guys like are you is there do they have like clean laundry like is there are their dishes done can you imagine man yeah yeah is there like is there do they have like yeah are their dishes done is their bedroom clean like are they living in like a comfortable enough environment that like they can actually heal and move through this have we like have we like found a way to like all mobilize and try to like match them with like a therapist that will work well for them. Like, or whatever, like they decide is like the right thing to do. I think Kai Shang Tom writes about this a lot, about how like, I think a lot of the time cancel culture is focused on like, on, um, uh, enacting vengeance or punishment on whoever the baddie in the situation, in the situation is. And can I also say real quick that like my friend didn't ask me to cancel this person. Yeah. Like I did that. Yeah, yeah um, because it wasn't about your friend; it was about you. Yeah, like, because I was yeah. fucking mad, you know. Yeah. And I was, I was like, my my vengeance is what's important now, even though like this didn't occur to me. You yes. know? like this didn't happen to me. This was my friend's fucking relationship, not mine. And this is the thing that keeps on that I keep on coming back to is I really don't think a lot of the time it is actually about making anything better. I think it is about satisfying your own sense of justice. It's like you got an itch, you're itchy, and it's the it, you're itchy for justice, and you just want to scratch that justice with some vengeance. And it works. It feels better for like a second, and then it's like, but you, but you, but you fuck a bunch of shit up in the meantime, and it makes everything worse long term. Yeah. So it's like, like, and I think that like part of it, part of like moving past that too, has also been like an adult with like grown up jobs, where like often you have to like kind of like low key humiliate yourself for like the good of the like of like the project or whatever, you know? Like you don't get to do what you think is right like all the time you don't get to do or you don't get to do what's satisfying for you all the time you have to do what's right for like the project you know like I, I was working in like nonprofits for a long time and it's like I have to go have a conversation with somebody that I don't like and I hate his face and I want to punch him in the face but like it's for the good of the organization you know like the like the organ we all decided all together like using like like a consensus and stuff that I have to go have a polite conversation with this guy that I want to punch in the face so like I have to go do it and it's going to feel low-key humiliating a little bit, but it's not about me. It's like, you know, like it's not actually about me and my feelings and like, and I'm a grown up. Like I have to like, I have to just like bite that down a little bit and like go talk to like the slimy person who works for that organization that I think is stinky and stupid and I don't like his face. So like, and sometimes you just have to like swallow down your own sense of righteousness and be like, what will actually solve this problem? Like if, if the problem is that our friend, our community member, this person that we care about, like is hurting, you know, like, or like there's this problem that is like been caused by people behaving in like a, in naughty doo-doo bitch behavior ways, you know, like, so let's like, so who is hurting in this situation? How do we provide support for those people? And like, like, you know, yeah. And also like hold whoever the perpetrator in the scenario is in this like dynamic tension of just like, that was really irresponsible and I don't like what you did. Like, I really hope that you find a way to not act like such a dick, but also like go do it, you know, like, like, cause we're busy. We're like, we're busy, like coming up with a care schedule for like this, you know, like these people that are suffering and like, you know, like, and like doing their fucking dishes and like making sure they have clean laundry and like, 
soap and stuff like that they need to survive. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, okay, I had one one other question that I wanted to ask you guys. Like, what do you think people should do when they see their friends getting canceled? You know, and that could, I mean, this could be like um, for something that they actually did that was like a, a bad, wrong thing, or as is often the case for something that they, they didn't fucking do, or like a reason that is made up, or a reason that is so um, distorted from the truth that it might as well be made up. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's hard, right? Like, it's not obvious what you should do. Um, well, for me now, I feel like it's obvious. Like, I support my friends. I'm loyal to my friends. But that has not always been obvious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's very complicated. Sometimes, you know, there's there are these, like, really high stakes, right? Sometimes there's this uh, um, impulse to be like, well, like, what did you do? Did you really do it? Or, like, whatever, you know? Um, which can often is not helpful at all. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean... It's definitely, it's it's sort of uh, implying that your support would be conditional on whether or not they are, in fact, a baddie. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I guess, like, the word should is, like, really strong in the sense that it's, like, I don't know. People are going to do what they're going to do. But, like, I can say what I would want a friend to do and, like, what I think would be acting like a good friend, you know? Tell us, come time. And it's, like, basically, the number one thing... I would say is turn down the fucking urgency because oh, yeah. this shit happens at such a fucking crazy time scale. Um, and it's like, it's, it's like even people who are not doing the immediate sort of like, fuck you, I'm out, I'm out of your life. They still do tend to come. Um, not everybody does this, but there are people who come with this, like, well, I need to establish what happened before I can decide if I'm going to support you or how I'm going to support you. And it's like, you have to understand that if a person's being called out on the internet, they're probably getting a lot of messages and these messages are stressful and overwhelming. So it's like getting to the heart of what happened or not, or not. It's like the person who's being targeted right now and harassed and like called out or whatever is probably not doing okay. And we need to like slow shit down before they're even going to be able to have a conversation with you about their perspective on what happened, you know? So like, Oh yeah. Because like your, your fight flight reflexes are just fucking like yeah. raging when you're being canceled. Yeah. Right? It's terrifying when, when For that's days. happening, like it's absolutely terrifying and overwhelming. So like, yeah. I would say like, in terms of like the way that people responded to me, that was most helpful is when people messaged me and were like, Hey, I see that this shit is going on. I love you. I'm your friend. I'm here for you. Um, what do you need? You know? Um, and then get that person supported. And then like, once that person is like fucking supported, then you can start when they feel comfortable, you can start having a conversation about their perception of what's happening. Um, and like, I really think it's, it's tricky because we collapse so many of these really different situations into one thing. And it's like the, it's, it's totally different. Like if they're like, Hey, yeah, like I, um, I had this pattern in my relationship where I was getting drunk and like screaming at my girlfriend and like I realized now it was like really shitty and like she's telling everyone about it. That's like one thing and it's like okay so you have an issue where you get drunk and you scream at your girlfriend. What kind of support does this person need to kind of unpack that? Um, And like I'm sorry but no the answer is not that they need to make a statement on the internet about it. Right. That's absolutely not the answer. Yeah. Um, The answer is like maybe they need like some support around substance use stuff. Like maybe they need some support around anger management. Maybe they need a therapist. You know, um, they definitely need a community that has their back and doesn't think that they're disposable for the fact that they did that. 
Um, so that's like, you know, a situation in which someone was acting in a shitty way. Yep. But also there's like tons of situations where it's like, I posted something that I think on the internet and people are mad at me because they think that what I thought is wrong, you know? And we, we literally treat that the same where it's like, well, we want you to make a public statement on the internet about it. And yeah, like, I actually think like, like you were saying, Tara, that like friends should be able to tolerate differences of opinion amongst ourselves and we don't need to act. Like, I mean, sure, like there might be like, a, if you if you think something super, super, super fucked up, I'm going to probably have a problem with that. But in a situation where like, we're all fucking leftists, like, I really don't know what, yeah, I don't, I think people are, are making a huge deal out of something where it's like, they're not allowing there to be like different perspectives within leftism. And there are different perspectives within leftism and there yeah. are differences of opinion and it's like fine. Yeah. And I think it's like the unlike kind kinds thing again. It's like, if we step away and look at it, like how similar are our politics, even if we do have a few like glaringly massive differences as leftists, like what, like 92% the same, you know, like, like 86% the same, like that's still an A, you know, like that's yeah. still doing really well as, yeah. in terms of just like, we still think mostly the same shit. And it's like, I, I have a few leftist friends who have like perspectives that I think are like a little bit boring or whatever. And like, you know, like, but also a lot of the time it's just like, maybe they're speaking, they're speaking like hyperbolically about future situations they've never been in or whatever. And I'm like, they're allowed to just like throw idea spaghetti against my like brain wall, you know, and see like what sticks. And like, it's supposed to be my job as their friend to like, be like, I think that's cool. I think that has some flaws. I think that's kind of fucked up, you know, like, but like, but isn't that how you learn? Like, I'm also somebody who like processes almost 100% out loud. Like, like I, like my partner and I go for like hour and a half long dog walks every evening and I just word vomit all over him, you know, like, and just like stuff that doesn't make any sense, super problematic things. Cause like, that's the only way that I can, like, if I hear it, I'm just like, Oh no, I don't actually think that, you know, like, yeah. Um, and like, but the idea that like, so like that like <laughs> that like when I've done that someone's just been like filing that away in the yeah, DCA exactly. you're gonna whip that totally out when I'm mad at you yeah um is like really where I'm like I don't even think that anymore you know yeah like, yeah and I guess like I guess just to like sort of sum up what I was saying is just that like I really I think that if you found out about this call out from the internet if you saw see online that your friend there's a post going around or several posts going around about your friend and they're saying that your friend did something wrong I think that you should respond by acknowledging that your friend is being harassed. And that is how you should move forward. Yeah. The focus should not be on whether or not your friend did something wrong and whether or not your friend is a perpetrator of, of abuse. But you should actually be looking at the fact that your friend is being abused. Because making public comments on the internet and the fact that you saw it in several places probably means that there's a public com- campaign of harassment happening towards this person. Right. And I don't think that whatever that person did, they don't deserve to be publicly humiliated on the internet and having all of these people harassing them. So you should first respond that way by being like, are you okay? It seems like people are harassing you. And then from there, you once they're like stabilized and safe and they know that you think that it's wrong that people are harassing them, then you get down to whatever happened and like if there's you know stuff that needs to be done or not, or like if they need support around having done some fucked up shit or not. You know, it like really depends on the situation. Right. But like, I actually want to get to a place where we as a culture understand public cancellations as abusive in and of themselves. And I think that they are. I think that making a public thing and asking, calling for people, like, I do think that there can be a distinction between like warning a community if it's like, this is kind of a last resort. We tried to talk to this person. This person is actively engaging in like, whatever. They're like, 
drugging people and like whatever, like serious shit like that. It's like a material risk to people's safety. Exactly. But I think far too often we pretend that we're doing this like warning shit when we're really trying to punish people and destroy their lives. And it's like- And get revenge. And get revenge on people. And I also think we like overuse the word, like we really misuse the word like safety a lot. Exactly. And And I, I, I think that's something we really need to like all take a really long, hard look in the mirror and be like, Look, I'm saying I don't feel safe. What do I mean? Like, really, what do I mean by that? Exactly. I think that that shit should be, like, a serious fucking last resort. It should only be used in situations of, like, I'm actually scared that this person is, like, in an ongoing way, like, hurting people. And it's fucked because even these words hurt and harm and violence have kind of lost all meaning because it's kind of like, what do I even mean when I'm saying that? And I mean, like, assaulting people, like, raping people, like, physically abusing people, like things like that. In situations like that, I'm like, okay, sometimes um, publicly warning people is necessary. Um, But like in most cases, I really don't think that, yeah. And even if you are warning, that warning should not be a call to harassment. It It should not be saying everyone who's friends with this person should not be friends with them. You know, they should be fired from their job, et cetera, et cetera. Like, all of that is still harassment, even if the person is someone who has been acting in, like, abusive and harmful ways. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. I'm, like, very extreme on this. I feel like I'm more extreme than than most people because I'm just kind of, like, zero tolerance for this shit at this point. Um, I think, like, publicly talking shit about people on the internet is, like, pretty serious harassment and we shouldn't be doing it. I definitely think that Anything that's about a fucking difference of opinion within, yeah. like, leftist discourse is, like, canceling somebody over that is, like, just, like, really, really fucking horrible and shitty thing to do. I know? think it's just, like, extremely, like, the, I keep on coming back to the word, like, dorky or silly. Like, it just seems so yeah. frivolous. Yeah. Like, it just seems, it's, and I know it's, like, it's, like, the movement or whatever, but it's also just, like, it's just such a theater kid response <laughs> like it's so <laughs> over dramatic i don't get it i don't understand yeah i say that as a former theater kid yeah no for real um but it is fucking harassment it is harassment and i think it's like i don't know like it's like if you saw this online from several places your first question should be are you okay because i'm seeing all this shit about you on the internet you know and then like from there we figure out what's actually going on and like i don't know like in in doing this podcast you know, we've received a number of emails ranging from people who have been canceled for like literally the most absurd, ridiculous things where they didn't do anything. And we've all heard of like situations like that. Yeah. And people who have done things and or that like they've been canceled for it or they're like deeply, deeply afraid that they're going to be canceled for it. And like, I'm like, I want to send love and compassion to those people, because sometimes I think when we talk about cancellation, you know, we'll be we'll be really willing to talk about how ridiculous it is when it's like for such an absurd reason like what happened to me this summer is like literally absurd yeah but then we sort of use these like real situations as like well okay in that case it's fine to be abusive to people who really have done something serious and I'm like I'm an abolitionist it's actually not fine to be abusive to people who have done something serious like People have the right to fucking change and to heal and to grow and to like, we're not defined by the worst things that we've ever done. And I want to extend compassion even to those who we like really push outside of like our possible bubble of compassion. Cause like I'm a fucking alcoholic, you know, and I have compassion for people who've done fucked up shit like I do. And I believe in people's capacity for transformation 
Um, and even people who have done fucked up shit deserve the time and the space to do the healing work that they need. Um, they deserve to have boundaries. They don't deserve to be like fucking harassed and they don't deserve to have their entire community taken away from them, et cetera, et cetera. Like, yeah, for sure. And I think that's like when we get down to the nitty gritty of it, um, like that is a lot of the work that's being done by like abolitionists and, you know, like people are talking about like, like what's bad about prisons often are like is like you know like there's all the fucked up shit that happens on the inside and like that and there's also like also just the fundamental like social death of sending somebody yeah like away when they do something bad and like the the, the social death of like of like especially like solitary incarceration and like that like like that's like that's a it's a kind of dying like you know like and it's again we're talking unlike kinds or whatever but there's also like this there's there's theory to back this up or whatever um and uh like and I think that I, I always think it's really like really deeply, strangely ironic when people love to people love to do casting out, but then they're also they also self self-style themselves as like they also when people love to do the casting out, but they also style themselves as abolitionists, I feel like the cognitive dissonance is maybe not registering to them, you know, the like the deep irony of the statements of like open the prisons, but yeah, like, like let's extend compassion and like a second chance to fucking murderers, but like let's fucking totally destroy the lives of someone who had a bad take on Twitter. Like yeah. that doesn't make sense. Seems pretty weird to me. Yeah. Um. That was my doorbell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, no, like I also like um, I I deeply deeply believe that like people can change. I don't think anyone in the history of the world has ever changed because a bunch of people screamed at them that they had to, you know, like in any kind of like no, meaningful absolutely way. Not. Like, I don't think that that's like, maybe they have like acted differently out of fear. Like, but like no one in the history of the planet has ever changed because a bunch of people screamed at them that they need to self-crit in the internet. It doesn't work. No. And this is like one of our main takeaways from AA or other 12 step groups that we might've been part of is that when people take responsibility for their actions, um, it is, not a process where they're being forced to do so, you know? And I don't know, like, I don't know, recently we had a friend of ours get, get kind of canceled and, and, and the person who was canceling them demanded that they, um, make amends, you know? Yeah. And like, that's not how fucking amends work. No. You can't demand that someone makes amends. Like people make amends when they're, when they come to a place where they're ready to do yeah. that, you know? When they've done the work and it takes time, it takes community, it takes support, and it literally takes time to do that work. Yeah, and I think that if if I'm really invested in, in accountability or people taking responsibility for their actions, I think that what I have to do, if I truly am committed to, to that happening more in the world, what I have to do is support my friends who are fucking problematic. <laughs> yeah. And, and support people who are not my friends. Um, who've done some bad shit, you know? I worked in shelters and I've been in AA. I mean, I am in AA and other 12-step programs. Um, and, you know, I hang out with people who have um, committed murder, um, who have raped people, who have um, really badly hurt people um, in the course of their lives, you know? One of my favorite people in the world um, is a murderer. And... Uh, I want to try to get him the help that he needs. You know, he's not in a good place right now. He, he lives in the fucking street, yeah. you know? Um, and and he's an amazing person. I literally think that he's an amazing person. You know, yeah. I, I've learned a lot from him, you yeah. know? Um, and he deserves 
to have a health, a happy and healthy and safe life. Um, and I also think that the person who fucking was shitty to my friend who I tried to call out on the internet is like a really sick fucking person who needs like to be supported and also deserves a happy and healthy life. And I'm really angry at that person. And I don't want to be the person who has to do that. Yeah. Who has to extend them that. But that doesn't mean that but they people don't deserve should, it. And they do deserve a community. Totally. You and know? this is like the other thing about like these, these situations and like, like no one's asking you personally to like be the person who like takes the hand of the per of, of like the perpetrator of the worst thing ever done to you and like guide them gently through like an amends process or whatever. It's just, it's a like, you can still hold your like anger and frustration and, and disappointment and boundaries for as long as you need them. Like, you know, like um, it's about like just allowing the space at all for like that person to have the, like the, the nice things in their life that they need to like wake up and actually like, do one good thing after another until they have a life that's actually like decent and good and like where they can where they can actually make amends and actually like like you know recover from whatever sickness drove them to like the deep dark sad depressing miserable place where they committed such a terrible thing yeah and some of the people who have canceled me like i i consider what they did to be a form of abuse and it hurt me really badly and had really deep and whatever tremendous impacts on my life you know um and i'm angry about it and i also wish them the best i literally pray for them and and hope that they get to a place where they can understand that like lying about me slandering me um trying to destroy my life trying to get people to not be my friend um was really hurtful to me and wasn't an okay thing to do um, and I hope that they get to that place and I hope that, and I know that getting to that place will mean that they are healing from like their current condition. And also I know that it will be painful for them because they'll have to understand that what they did was hurtful to others. Yeah. You know? And that's a really painful thing to have to go through. Mm -hmm. um, because we've all gone through it. Like yeah. every single person talking right now, like knows how deeply it hurts to like acknowledge when you've made a really terrible mistake yeah. and like, you need to be, a, you need to be better. And then like, actually do the things yeah. that you need to do to like the esteemable acts to build up your self-esteem again after you realize what an absolute piece of garbage you've been acting like and like it sucks yeah and i i want them to go through that with a community of people who will hold them um who will not abandon them who will continually tell them that they are um good and worthy people um and that they can become the kinds of people that they want to be um, and who will support them in doing that. And I think that they deserve that, even though I'm angry at them. And I don't want to be the person who has to do that, but I think that somebody should do that. Um, I think that their friends should do that. Um, I hope that they have friends in their lives who are trustworthy and who will do that for them. I hope they have friends in their lives that they haven't pushed away for, for um, criticizing them. Yeah, you know? or challenging them. Or challenging them. I yeah. think that good friends would challenge you on things like that. I hope that some of their friends have challenged them and have stayed their friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we should always be challenging our friends when they are doing things that we don't like. Um, I don't think that that should take the form of canceling them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, a good friend is like loyal and also trustworthy and will tell you if you're doing something fucked up, you know, mm -hmm. um, in a way that isn't uh, some kind of public fucking spectacle yeah. for the consumption of a fake community on the internet. Yeah, something yeah. that is not condemning, but that is kind and actually sees like 
your potential and the good in you and like wants you to be like living in alignment with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With that, I think that we should start wrapping up. Um, yeah. Do we have any kind of last words and anyone wants to throw in there? Yeah. I think like the last thing I want to say about like, um, yeah, if I did something wrong, I think that I would hope that like, I would hope that a manageable number of people were like, um, offering me like gentle criticism and, and simultaneously also like, like offering me support as I like, um, made my way through the like long, hard road of like figuring out how to not act like such a shithead anymore. And also, I also want to like shout out to, shout out to all my haters, shout out to anyone who's done cancelable things to me. And you know that I have that like in my back pocket. I promise you, I will never do that to you because I think it's fucked even if you've done it to me. So. And, and I promise you that if you ever do something fucked up, I will tell you what I think. Mm -hmm. And if you have a good reason for doing what you've done, I will listen to you. Thank you. I also promise that to both of you. Yeah, it feels nice. It feels nice to have friends and to actually be able to trust your friends. Um, it's a good feeling. Yeah, I also am not going to cancel my counselors. Um, there's a lot of people who behaved in ways that are like really awful towards me um, over the past six months um and yeah i'm not i'm not gonna cancel them for it so even though we have some dirt even though we have some dirt yeah we're not <laughs> gonna mention that though <laughs> okay so i guess um thank you so much tara for coming on it's um, really been my pleasure so great and we'll definitely have you on the pod again um tara is a friend of the pod friend of the pod and yeah like it's so great we have so many conversations like this just like all the time um and it's nice to be able to like share this with the listeners because i think there's so many people who want to be having these kind of conversations but they're like super afraid to bring it up with their friends because they're afraid their friends are just going to cancel them yeah so it's really nice to to share this conversation with with our listeners and one last thing we want to uh remind people that our patreon is a uh, patreon.com slash fucking canceled if you want to get on there um you can uh give us your money for us being problematic um but also we we throw up uh you know writing and um little sneak previews and stuff and we're gonna have some like bonus episodes and stuff like that on there too at yeah. some point um so just check that out um and also if you feel like getting in touch with us uh you can totally do that it's fucking canceled at gmail.com but there's no you and fucking because gmail wouldn't let us and there's two l's and canceled because we're canadian yeah so you can drop us a line there you can tell us about your own experiences being uh canceled or being canceller um or also just to say hi or whatever um if you send us hate mail we will read it publicly <laughs> Maybe, maybe not, but yeah. Um, at some point, I'm definitely going to start doing that. Sorry, Clementine. Um, and yeah. And I'm a Girth Girl on all relevant and irrelevant social media. And my books are Girth, Scorpion Season, and Nothing Will Be Different. And we're going to throw that out in the show notes. Yeah, and definitely, definitely follow Tara, support Tara, do everything to make Tara's life better. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Entendu du monde dire que je suis un OG. <rire>